Hey, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Ecosystem Podcast, where we aim to help you, the big-hearted changemaker with a bold vision to build a business that gives you butterflies and a life that makes you want to high-five yourself. How? By addressing the interconnected nature of all that you do. From marketing to mindset and everything in between, we believe your business is more ecosystem than monoculture and that when it comes to creating sustainable success, it's all connected and there is no one-size-fits-all formula. Join us for conversations that embrace nuance, elevate the importance of empathy, and address the diverse and unique strengths that enable entrepreneurs to not just make money, but to make real lasting positive change in a regenerative and revolutionary way. Hello there, and welcome back to the Entrepreneur's Ecosystem. So excited to talk about something that does not get enough attention, in my humble opinion. Dawn, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I was doing some research like before we had this chat, and that's exactly how I felt. Like, without giving it away, I guess there's going to be a title anyway. But <laughs> it seems like most blog posts about this anyway are just kind of like saying the same thing over and over again. So hopefully, we can say something different. Yeah, yeah, I hope so too. Let's spill the beans. Sure. We're going to talk about offers, mm-hmm. and this is for anyone who runs an online business, but I would say in particular, if you are selling courses, products, whether physical or info products, coaching programs, memberships, those types of offers, right? Often like you're selling information, support, accountability, community, and those are intangible things, but How do you package them up in a way that makes it a total no-brainer for your ideal client or customer to pull out their credit card or open up their dash lane, (laughs) which Dawn loves. I love it. (laughs) And pay for the thing and and be excited about it and committed. So that's what we're going to talk about. Now, I think this is ignored in the greater online marketing conversation Because your offer essentially is based on your ideas Mm. and ideas. Someone else's idea is out of our control as teachers, as marketers. And because of that, I have been guilty of this many times in the past and will probably continue to be. Because it's a hard thing Mm. to coach people on. But I've always said, I'm not going to work on this project unless there's a validated offer. So that's a very long-winded way of saying we as marketers, copywriters, teachers avoid teaching about the offer thing because we can't give someone else a great idea. Right. It's up, it's up to them. Mm -hmm. But of course your offer is so much more than just that core seed of an idea. Right. Okay. Yep. I like it. And I think it's really important because I think so often, okay. Like as copywriters, if something isn't like selling that well, a lot of the time people might come back and be like, how come like this is, it's your sales page or maybe it's your emails or, and it's actually so much, so much more than that. It's also, I think like so many, I don't want to talk about like saturation, like market saturation, but there are so many people offering similar things out there in the world. And like, we totally believe that there are students for you. If you're a teacher, you could be teaching the same, like say like an Ayurvedic group coaching program or something. You could have an Ayurvedic group coaching program and someone else could have a Ayurvedic group coaching program. And they would both be able to like sell to the right people that 
like it could appeal to different people. There's, <laughs> there are so many offers in the world, but there are billions more people than there are people trying to help. Yeah. Which I think we're going to talk about that in more detail. So creating an irresistible offer mm. is more than just the offer itself. Mm. And I think what you're speaking to is the fact that the person behind the offer is a big selling point of why someone would, would join that theoretical Ayurvedic group coaching program. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about optimizing an existing offer versus creating an offer from scratch. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening and you have something that it's just not landing like you thought it would, you feel like you missed the mark, hopefully we can help you and give you some tips around that. And if you're listening and you have yet to create your offer or it's in the works or you're creating something new, hopefully we can give you some ideas around that as well. I love it. And yeah, I think we can touch on that personality. Who's the human being that crafted this offer and how does that play into differentiating that offer in the marketplace. Yeah, totally. Kind of like there's so many like copywriting courses out there in the world, but like I wanted to take copywriting courses with copy hackers because Joanna Weeb is so baller and seems to be so like intensely nerdy on all parts of um, copy and oh, I mean, even deeper than that. And so that's like more exciting to me than like someone who's like selling, becoming a copywriter by like saying like, you can do it from your laptop on the beach for two hours a day. Not that I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, she's a pro. And if there was anyone in that space that you would want to be when you grow up, yeah, it would be her, <laughs> right? 100%. Yeah. Well, except like with less pressure on me. <laughs> Yeah. That woman has a lot going on. She's yeah. a force. Totally. Yeah. And similarly, I just joined, I just joined a group coaching program, which I haven't joined a group coaching program in a while, hmm. but this one is with a woman who I just really appreciate because she's Canadian. She's been taking a stand for freedom and values that are similar to mine. Yeah. And I'm aligned with that and way more likely to join her coaching program that might be similar right. to a lot of other coaches, but because of who she is and her courage to share her message, which a lot of people would say is unrelated to her business, mm. but it's not. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about that and we're going to go into the idea of an offer stack, Yep, which is a little confusing and all over the place. How, how bonuses play mm -hmm. into offers and the importance of delivering on your offer. Oh, I like that for sure. Cause I think sometimes mm -hmm. people create an offer and they don't actually have the space in their life or business, or maybe it's not a space problem. Maybe it's an expertise problem sure. to deliver on their promises. I think passion too. Like sometimes like if you're creating an offer based on what your mind thinks might sell, it might just be so much of a struggle to create the content and like show up and support people in the way that it needs to happen that it could be. And mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just musing here, but it could be more worthwhile to do something that just like lights up your whole body um, and then allow that to like magnetize the people who like it will also light up towards you rather than like, I mean, I'm into product market fit. I do know that we need to find the holes in the market, but I also think that if you are excited about something, then um, it's going to show and it's going to bring more people to you. Yeah. And if you think something is just so baller and brimming with value and you've put all your heart and logical mind into like, how can I make this as good as it can possibly be? And then you're going balls to the wall with it. <laughs> That's huge. Yeah. And it's going to make a massive difference. Yeah. I think if you can be excited about your work, then, I mean, it's easier to do it all, but it's also just like other people will be excited about it too, because 
Well, this is interesting. This is like what we were speaking about with uh, a new client of ours uh, the other day, just about like the energy behind what you're doing can be felt by people, even if they never see you on a YouTube video or like even if you're never on a podcast, even if someone else writes your copy, I think that that energy is like an almost tangible thing that makes it through like, I don't know, the wireless and (laughs) the cloud, you know, and it can be felt. Yeah, I agree. Catherine, she's amazing. She is. And we got to have her on our show. We have to have her on our show. Yeah, exactly. Another copywriter and another from the Prairies girl. So yeah, yeah, but really brilliant. We'll link to her. Yes. Okay. So I'd like to be totally transparent in sort of where this all came from and talking about this because I have an offer Mm. a few. And one of them is my program grow with quizzes, mm-hmm. which is a course, but also has, you know, 12 months of, of coaching. And I really feel like I get to know the people in there so well, and I'm rooting for them hundred percent. I watch them work so hard to create these assets that are designed to build their audience and ideally increase their sales and conversions. So it breaks my heart when someone in that program is like, I did this and it didn't work. Mm. And we're going to get into like the, the reasons possibly why. Mm. And I'm not saying it's the offer necessarily, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we've had a conversation about this as a team. And by the way, if there's any course creator out there who's trying to pretend like, every person who comes into their program gets amazing results. Like uh, maybe aside from the PA, the podcast accelerator, (laughs) because they like call people if they don't do their homework. Yeah. I'm not quite that extreme with accountability, but most courses, people, the average completion rate, the average success rate is like, it's the 80, 20 rule. It's like anything, right? 20% of the people will get 80% of their results. And I strive to change that number. Mm. Like I've been working really hard over the years to add things that are going to be supportive, that are going to help my students get better results because any offer starting out, isn't going to be perfect. You're going to continually learn, evolve, learn, evolve. And that's just how it goes. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, there was a little conversation in the group for this program and, and a few people talking about how like, yeah, I, I launched, I didn't, I didn't get any sales and I'm just feeling really disappointed because mm. I put in all this work. Mm-hmm. And this is something people don't talk about enough either. Yeah. It's the fact that like, my gosh, sometimes mm-hmm. you just fall on your face and it sucks and it does not go as planned mm-hmm. and you don't get the sales you wanted and you take it personally and you don't know what to do and you don't want to admit that to anyone because obvious reasons, there's all sorts of, there's all sorts of emotions connected to those experiences. Sure. Or like you think that it means something about who you are as a person. And like, I think even like a failed launch could be a success. I wouldn't even call it that if you let yourself debrief, learn from it and grow. And I think it also comes back to empathy. Like if you can reach out to people who maybe didn't bought and like ask them why and what they're looking for. But I, I could be moving like slightly further along into our conversation. Yeah, but you're right. And I'm not saying that's the experience that they were having, but that's the experience that I've had when I've launched things that just didn't work. It's like, oh, what's wrong with me? But it's not about you. And I mean, well, I guess kind of it is because we're going to talk about how, how you play a role in that offer. But Anyhow, long story short, as we were talking about that and brainstorming solutions, and I thought, you know, even though on the sales page for this program, I say, ideally, you should have a validated Mm. offer before joining and doing this work, because this work, this like marketing side of things, lead generation, optimizing your sales copy, all of that 
it's not going to work if you don't have a strong offer. So I tell people that they should have that, but inevitably people join who don't have that. Right. And I feel by not ever addressing it, that it's a disservice to the people who join, who maybe they do have an offer, but it's not as good as it could possibly be. Mm. So all that to say, I'm going to put on a workshop (laughs) very soon at the end of November, like going deep on this offer stuff. Mm. We're talking about some elements today, but that workshop, I think it's going to be, I'm not sure if it's going to be three or four hours, maybe something in between. Dawn's going to lead some breath work to get us into our most, what's the brainwave state that we're longing for that makes mm. us super creative that I'm never in because I'm <laughs> always sleep deprived. I should know that right now. I'm sorry. It's not is alpha, it, is right? Because alpha is like stressed. Yeah. Anyhow, a good brainwave state <laughs> to be ready to learn and ready to do some of the work. Yeah. So we're going to pop the link below to check that out. And we haven't created this link yet, but I'm going to say head to shantizak.com forward slash offer workshop to get the deets. That's how things are done. Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking about ecosystems as I do. As you do. And how we could relate the offer part mm-hmm. to something in nature. Yep. And the vision of a tree came to me. Love it. A great, big, beautiful tree. Mm-hmm. And that tree is never going to grow strong. It's never going to have orange leaves like we're staring at out the window right now. It's never going to host a plethora of beautiful mushrooms mm. if it has no roots. Mm-hmm. And so let's think of the tree as your business and your offer is the roots. Love it. Like that's the strength. That's why people come to you. And isn't there some sort of like transformation process that happens in the roots where like they're drinking up water and then transforming sugars into growth energy or some other real technical (laughs) term? Yeah. And even like being in the soil and that's where like the nutrients come from and like the mycelial connection between trees. Like I think there could be so much there in that analogy. But I really just like the idea that like, if your roots are rotting, your tree is going to fall over. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I didn't even think about that. And that's, (laughs) that's it. Right. Yeah. If if the offer isn't strong, then where are you going to go from there? Yeah. No fruit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I actually reached out to a woman who I've watched over the years and asked her to be on the podcast. And she was like, I don't think I'm there yet, Oh, Uh, but she will be someday. Yeah. But I think her latest offer is like really resonating with people. And I'm so happy for her because I've watched her do just numerous different things over the years and she keeps pivoting Mm. and she keeps trying something new and she keeps having a new idea, building something based on that. And I really admire that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there are times when you don't need a whole new offer, right? You just need to get the one you've got to a place where it resonates. Yeah. I'm, I know it's not time to talk about value stacking yet, but it, or, uh, yeah. Is that what I'm trying to about? Like, yes. yeah, the offer stack. Yeah. yeah the offer stack. Uh, but I find like a lot of the time, even people we are doing like entire sales funnels um, come to us and we'll be like, Oh, well, do you have a guarantee? They're like, I never thought of that. Or like, there's just, it's even really successful people in this like online world are often just kind of in the dark. I think when it comes to figuring out how to share what they're offering, the transformation that they offer in a way that doesn't just like resonate, but also like gets people past the fear of committing and gets them to the place where they're comfortable clicking that like buy now button and giving their credit card details. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And along the lines of, multiple offers or changing Mm -hmm. things and pivoting. Something I also see a lot is, okay, this offer kind of 
stopped working or it feels boring now, or I'm just going to put it on evergreen and like ignore it right. and create something new. Mm-hmm. And that like create a new offer right. is often perceived as the solution. Mm. But I had these business coaches once upon a time change this idea of, oh, an, an, an offer has fizzled out, just create a new one. They made me take that a little bit more seriously because they explained how every offer that you have in your business, every offer you create is essentially a new business. Totally. And why is that? I mean, new marketing materials, Mm -hmm. new delivery, Mm -hmm. new customer support conundrums, new everything. And then you have to keep that going. So it's like you have to have the team to support that. You have to have the space in your calendar to support that. You have to have the creative strategies to support that. And, you know, in theory, it's like, oh, I'll just create something new. Mm. Sounds easy peasy, but in practice, it's kind of a big deal. It's like making me think of like, if you take a cutting from a plant and then you like put it in water to root or something, like you might get some roots and a little bit of plant and it might be exciting, but like compared to the actual plant that you took it from, it's very likely to be quite tiny for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have this, I think it's probably a cultural inclination to just like do something for a while and then move on. Right. And instead of revisiting the thing and breathing new life into it, mm-hmm. we just sort of toss it. Mm-hmm. And that's our, like, it's probably a reflection of our consumer culture because we do it with things. Why wouldn't we do it with intellectual property? Mm. We're going to talk about that too. We got a lot to talk about. I told Don before we started, like, we could just do a short one. I don't know. Let's see. So before we go into a lot of this, I would like to touch on the fact that, so those people who spurred this conversation, who were struggling because the launches didn't go that well, it's not necessarily because of the offer. Mm. It could be three things. Okay. And I'm grateful because Don knew who teaches this and the name of the person. And I just remembered actually not even the correct percentages of this breakdown, but I think it's pretty common knowledge in the copywriter world, but not so much in the greater online business world that your offer is responsible for 40% of your, should we say success? Would that be accurate? Sure. Like for creating a conversion, but yeah. For creating a conversion. Yeah. Right. So the offer is 40%. Your traffic audience list is another 40%. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have the right people, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter how good the offer is. doesn't matter how good the copy is. And then the creative, so the copy, the branding graphics, that's 20%. Yeah. So like hiring a copywriter isn't really going to like solve your problem if your offer isn't on point and if your audience is not the people who are interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it would be interesting to do an episode on the list audience part Mm -hmm. of this equation. Today we're focusing on the offer. Yeah. It could be that that's why, but we don't know that. So Mm -hmm. We could talk about like what would be some signs that that's the case. I think an excessive number of specific objections that somehow relate to the offer perhaps could be a signal. We're going to go into asking your audience why they didn't buy yeah. That's, and, uh-huh. and maybe like not listening to your audience at the beginning as well. Like we always teach your students and or recommend to our clients that they combine a survey with their quiz so that they can actually find out what people are looking for and what they're struggling with. I think if you like just use your mind to come up with everything and you don't do like outreach and conversations and mm-hmm. um I think that just chances are you're going to miss the mark. Yeah. Yeah. So let's jump into that from a place of 
creating a new offer. Okay. So creating a new offer, most people do that from a space of assumption. Hmm. I think I know what people want and that's what I'm going to put in my offer. Yeah. And maybe there's like a little research sprinkled in there, but for the most part, actual outreach and getting on calls with potential good fits for that offer is kind of uncomfortable and awkward Mm -hmm. and vulnerable. And it's not the funnest thing in the world, Yeah, but it's very powerful in how it will lead you to create something that people actually want, not just something that you think they want. And there's a distinction here between want and need. Mm, Okay. So you might be creating the offer that you know your audience needs. Yeah. They might need it. Yeah. But if they don't want it, you're not selling it. Yeah. Neediness, not so sexy. (laughs) But I mean, health and wellness stuff comes to mind because I mean, it's an easy one. Yeah. Nobody wants to eat fewer calories or spend (laughs) double the amount on groceries and cook all their own food because now they can't eat takeout five times a week. They don't want to do that. No, they don't want to get up early and get a workout in. Mm -mm. No, but they, what do they want? Like to feel and look good. Right. Yeah. Simple. Mm -hmm. So you're not selling in your offer. Like you are going to eat three (laughs) servings of greens a day. Yeah. And right. You're, you're talking about what it is they want. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know what that is, right. You're hooped. Mm -hmm. So surveys, calls, just back and forth conversations. I mean, old school stuff. Yeah. But it's like, that's how you do it. Totally. Back in the old yoga studio days, we definitely would have like people come in to do like free talks with our community. And then often they'd be selling something, but they would be learning during those free talks exactly what that community actually wanted. So then they could probably mold how they presented their offer to the community in a way that like spoke to them. And I think that like with the whole COVID and everything going online, that like getting to be in the presence of real human beings who might be your ideal clients, there's just so much less of it. Right. So there's probably even more discomfort around learning what these things are. Like I remember the gross, like the organic grocery store used to have like health food talks that like nutritionists could go and host. And that is a chance to get in the real world, meet people and hear what they want. Um, And if you don't have that, I think, yeah, we just need to actually create it even. um, So we work with interact quite a bit and it was like getting into creating some coaching groups and like hearing from people where their struggles are, that is making it so much easier for us to like write the new onboarding material Mm -hmm. or like update the website and the offer from the offer of what interact is, um, has like evolved and transformed by so much since we got these real life people talking to us on the regular and, and we're doing it on zoom. So it's not like you have to be in person, but I think, yeah, I'm excited. I feel like that, that company is like kind of going to transform into what it is, if that makes sense. Um, And the only way that we knew it was okay to go in that direction is by meeting the people who were trying to create quizzes for their business and finding out what it was that they were struggling with and then coming up with ways to help them, but not being like attached to those ideas actually working, allowing things to like try them out and then actually listening to people to like evolve it. So yeah, that reminds me of Tim Ferriss's four hour workweek book which I read forever ago. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was from this book where he would tell people to create a a pretend offer. Okay. And then run ads to it. Yeah. And see if people actually buy it and and it resonates. Yeah. And then if it does, you know, you've got a winner. So, but like, even before that, I would say if you are just starting out and you're like, I need to create an offer before I do anything else, before I start marketing, before I build an audience, 
that's the wrong approach because mm-hmm. you could have an opportunity to co-create yeah. what that offer looks like by building an audience first, mm-hmm. by showing up with something that's free yeah. and, you know, on the topic that you want your offer to be around. And ideally you have a bit of a sense of who you would want to help and work with. So you create something for those people with them in mind, you build even a small, small email list. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say email list and not like social media following because you're going to get a lot better response if you're building a list and you show up for those people Mm -hmm. and you establish a relationship with them and you start to ask them questions like, how do you best want to be supported? Mm. what would being able to solve this problem? What would that be worth to you? Yeah. How would it change your life? What would you be looking for in a course or a product? Like what have you tried in the past? What are you tired of seeing and hearing and asking those questions and getting really clear before you go and sit down and map that offer out? is going to be a game changer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, not to be a brat, but I do think this is like a good reason to like have a quiz as like a top of funnel something for your business, because you are asking those questions and you can find out. And this makes me think of Bethany, right? Beth Perry, who I don't know if we've spoken about her before, but she had a pretty small list and actually didn't even like put ad spend on her quiz or anything. Like she just gave her quiz to her list, found out that like 25% of the people on her list, she had no offer for. So she created something specifically for them and like made something ridiculous, like 50 K in three months. Yeah. Right. And it was just like, because one of the questions on her quiz was like, I I don't even know what question it was. I helped her with that quiz, but I don't even remember what question (laughs) it was, but she like, found out she's like oh I'm not helping these people at all and it's like I have she had a small list too like I want to say like under a thousand at that point but maybe I'm I'm wrong about that but was able to create something that really served the people that were following her because she's so cool right they were following her because she's cool and she like really yeah does I guess like she's got this like enthusiasm in the way that she teaches and helps and coaches, but yeah, if she hadn't, and it doesn't have to be a quiz, it could be a survey or like, what about like hosting a zoom get together or something with like no pitch? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's get to know each other. Yeah. And and talk about this subject in my world, because you're interested in it or you need help with this. Yeah. Yeah, it can be gold. I think people are really afraid of like giving away too much. Sure. And I mean, most of the time, like, don't even worry about it because you're going to have to repeat yourself again and again and again anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Or like, like the podcast accelerator, like they give lots of information, but it's like what they realized was like a lot of people are super afraid of using their voice. And then a lot of people are super afraid of the tech. So they're like, well, we're going to like coach them through like the mindset BS in the way of being themselves. And then we're just going to do the tech for them. So like, yeah, would they have known that if they hadn't like already had people coming to them, like Ginny, um, who's the producer of our podcast, but lots of people's like the way that, and a lot of people in the PA are newer business owners, right. But they had the same struggles tech wise as some of the like way more like architectural digest. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's for sure about them. I'm just (laughs) saying like some of the bigger people who have been in business for a really long time still have a lot of those same struggles. So like, and I think I just want to talk about like service providers and like even you, right? Like you knew to create a quiz course because you were doing that service for people and people were like, please teach me. Mm -hmm. Right. So if there's something you do and you're comfortable getting out there in the world and talking about what you do, people just might ask you for what they want from you. And then from there, like, isn't that the most beautiful way to create an offer? And like, isn't it, I do agree. Like, I think you should validate as much as possible before you create, because otherwise, That's, I think, part of like that, what goes into like, oh man, like I feel like a failure because I put so much work in, but it all came from my head and I didn't know what people actually wanted. Mm -hmm. Right. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Listening again, it comes down to asking the right questions and then listening to what people say. Yeah. And I think there's a time and place to be aware of what else is out there too. hundred percent. And where is it falling flat? Like where can you Mm -hmm. do better? Mm -hmm. So those are all lots of ways that you can optimize an existing offer actually, but also to consider when creating a new offer. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about sort of like the seven layer dip. Okay. I love it. Offer stack. Yeah. Sounds delicious. And I think we'll go probably a lot deeper into this and it'll be more refined in the workshop. In the workshop. Yeah. But there's some that I put together that I thought we could, we could touch on. I love it. So the first being the painkiller layer. Okay. And there's this, I guess it's kind of a It's not really a quote because I don't know who says it, but sell painkillers, not vitamins. Right. It's easier to sell painkiller than a vitamin. Yeah. Because of course, nobody wants to be in pain and well, the reasons are obvious. So what does that mean? We kind of alluded to it when talking about that wellness example, even like you're not selling people on how much work it's going to (laughs) be to do your program. You're selling them on the transformation that will occur when they do the work Mm -hmm. and how that will rid them of the pain that they're currently experiencing in relation to whatever it is that you teach. So that's really important. And it's not to say that you can't give them vitamins, right? No, you should give them vitamins. You need to. I think that's part of the delivering. That's part of the delivering. Yeah, exactly. But what gets someone in the door and past their own initial hesitation and fear and overwhelm. Yeah. Cause when you're talking about selling vitamins, people get overwhelmed. Yeah. Right. When you're talking about solving a pain, mm-hmm. that sense of overwhelm leaves their body. Yeah. So that's what you want to speak to. And then, and then the work happens and you've got some buy-in and some commitment. And some people are going to be pissed off because they think like, Oh, this was supposed to magically be solved the minute I bought this thing. Mm -hmm. And that's never the case, but for the most part, people are quite reasonable and know that whatever, if you're teaching them something, it's going to take effort on their part. Right. Mm -hmm. But if they have faith in you partially based on your offer and presentation of it, Mm -hmm. then you're golden. Yeah. And also like just quickly touching on that deliverability. If you are solving a big pain point, maybe breaking things up into small little bite-sized like pieces. Once you start delivering the content will help a lot because you don't want to like tell them they're not going to be overwhelmed anymore. and Like hit yeah. them over the head with well, overwhelm. And that brings us to the next layer, which is the quick win layer. Love it. So I think for big promises mm-hmm. or where you're solving a big pain like that, that's going to take work and commitment. Yeah that to have like quick wins built in right away and to have that as part of the offer structure. Mm. So what is the quick win in growth quizzes, for example? Mm -hmm. Well, one of them is like, I'm going to teach you how to create the quiz, start building your list and then have like a small little money-making funnel that's not your big kahuna. Mm-hmm. It's just something small, but ideally it's going to help you to cover your costs and get a bit of momentum. Mm-hmm. And I know Amy Porterfield started doing that in DCA. So she went from teaching, do all the work and then sell mm-hmm. to pre-sell right. and then do all the work because that's a quick win. Yeah. If you can pre-sell a few courses, even if it's just enough to cover your investment in her course, mm-hmm. you've got momentum. Yeah. I think like also like the community aspect of so many courses can be a really great quick, quick win right off the bat. Yeah. Relationships, mm-hmm. right? That's one of those things that's kind of, we'll, we'll get to it, but it's an unexpected right. value piece. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so when I, I go back to copy hackers again though, but like when I first joined their like 10X freelancer uh, group. Then we went to Brooklyn, right? I was working for Shanti a little bit then. I was like, oh, I have enough money to go to Brooklyn. So we went to a 
like a conference and I got to go have lunch with like Joanna Weeb and Amy Posner before it even started and got invited to like a, you know, like a coffee hackers club only sort of dinner party. And those like, I mean, I do think that probably my copywriting career is a lot further along from getting to know those people in person, but it was even just like, feeling comfortable at a conference because I was part of this little mini mastermind that meant I had friends when I arrived, you know, that for me was a quick win that happened within the first couple of months of just trying to even be a copywriter. And it's like, this wasn't on the sales page, but there, the community aspect, actually what sold me on that was when Joanna Weeb answered my questions on the sales page. So talk about quick wins. Ah, like Joanna yeah. Weeb's like, oh yeah, I think this would work for you for sure. I'm like, are you really her? You know? <laughs> I'm like, so I think I like, I think I want to say like even a sales page chat, not a bot, but like an actual yeah. chat could be a bit of a quick win. Like, because we, yeah. I don't know if you've ever like tried to deal with like help docs, I mean, we all have tried to deal with help docs or like talking to help people. Mm-hmm. If you like meet someone on a sales page who's helpful right away, I think it can be like really go a long way to feeling like, wow, I maybe like can have confidence that I'm going to be supported in this course. So yeah, 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 absolutely. So just keep keeping that in mind. Like how can you get people mm-hmm. an easy, oh, this is already feeling worth it. Yeah. That's going to help them build momentum and, and push them over the edge totally. in, a, in a good way. On the flip side of that is yep. the long-term layer. Sure. So, and this is, I would say less specific to like products necessarily, although that could be yeah. because if you were like in e-commerce and selling, our friend Amy just started selling nail buffers. Okay. Right. Amy Williamson yeah. started an e-com company for nail buffers, oh, yeah, which I is heard amazing. Those are really good actually. Yeah. Yeah. I just randomly bought one recently. Oh. Colin, my husband is obsessed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she could speak to, this is built to last. Right. We use only the best materials. It's more expensive up front, but that's because you're not going to be filling the landfill with nail buffers till the end of time. So that's an example in e-commerce in like a coaching or course teaching situation. Mm -hmm. What does that long-term look like? Right. Well, a lot of it is probably the long-term benefits that they'll experience, which we could argue is more related to the sales aspect than the offer itself but long-term, here's how I do it mm-hmm. in growth quizzes. Everyone gets unlimited forever access to the community. Yep. So there's no expiration on that. You're going to be using these strategies, hopefully for a long, long time, you're going to get access to the community for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. You get all updates to the course. Sure. Like forevermore. Forever updates. Yeah, totally. Copy Hackers does that. They did before they went to membership. Oh, now they're membership. We're lucky. <laughs> we're very lucky. Yeah. Because they were adding so much. Yeah. And even in growth quizzes, I've added so much mm-hmm. over the years. So that's actually a huge benefit. Yeah. I wonder even like when we went from like three months of coaching to 12 months of coaching, it's not like long, long term, but like if you sign up for something and you know that like, if you like kind of drop out for a bit, you're still going to be supported to come back and do it. I think yeah. that could also be a long-term benefit for sure. Yeah, exactly. And that sort of fits into the offer optimization layer because I didn't start with that. Mm-hmm. I started with three months. And what I realized through people's feedback was that three months wasn't enough for a lot of people. A lot of people join a course and they don't necessarily have the intention of putting all their focus and energy into that course right away. Right. So should they be punished for that? I don't think so. So I made it 12 months just so that everyone would have a chance to get the support they need. I love that, but it also speaks to like, like optimizing even that part is it of it is. And I think we were talking about this with Catherine as well is the idea that if you get 12 months of support, will it take 12 months to do the course? Yeah. So that's a place where your copy can come in. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. a place where like good copy can say like, 
12 months of support, but yeah, you could like, you could do this in a month if you want. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. So a risk mitigator layer. Sure. Yeah. So this really most often is going to be some form of guarantee. Yeah. And it can be creative. It sure. doesn't have to be like the typical no questions asked, a mm-hmm. hundred day return policy. Yeah. I just saw a good example in researching for this episode, a little bit of, I don't know if he still does this, but Ryan Dice, who runs that huge conference, marketing conference every year, <laughs> traffic and conversions. Okay. Yeah. He used to at least tell people that if they left the conference and weren't able to make at least $5,000 in, I think, 90 days following the conference, oh yeah, that they would get half the price of their ticket back. Interesting. So that's kind of a fun example. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times like with courses or, or coaching programs where some effort is required on the, yeah. on the participant to get the results, the return policy will be based on them showing like, did you, mm-hmm. did you put in the work? Cause yeah. there's no magic solution here. Mm-hmm. But even then, like sometimes there is policies where it's like, no, you will have some time and space to change your mind. If this isn't what you expected for any reason, mm-hmm. then you just email so-and-so and we'll give you your money back. Yeah. And, and I- that like, I think that is part of an offer. And not just a sales tactic because it affects the anatomy, I would say. Sure. Of like, the, or like the deliverability. Yeah. Like you've got to deliver if you're going to say you can get your money back if you don't get these results. Yeah, or like exactly. It has to work. You might have to like, you know, show that you did your morning pages. Like you journaled every, I'm thinking about like our, our wellness person again, or like actually a fictional person, but like, <laughs> you know, like you have to, do your homework, show up for the coaching calls and something, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're still not feeling better, then you can have your money back. And I think, yeah, I like that. I don't think it's just a sales tactic because you have to like actually give people their money back. So it's not mm-hmm. like, it's not like a bait and switch sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Unexpected value layer. We kind, okay. of, we kind of touched on that, but that to me is where we can bring bonuses into the conversation. Okay, cool. So the core offer being the elements that are essential right. to the transformation that you're promising. Sure. The bonuses are just that. They're just little extras mm-hmm. that could support you in other aspects that are relevant to the core offer but not necessarily essential. So they could help you get results faster. They could give you, yeah, that like little shortcut, extra something, something that just makes it seem so darn useful. Yeah. What's that one in Grow With Quizzes that teaches service providers how to you know what I'm talking about oh and how to sell high ticket so there's one for like copywriters yeah like how to sell high ticket packages but I think there's another one. Oh, it's about like how to <laughs> how to handle creating these like group offers at the same time as staying on top of your like one-on-one clients or done for you clients, right? And it's just like a bonus workshop with you where you kind of I probably I haven't watched it, but I'm, I'm sure you just like talk about the hacks that you have had to create and adopt by being like a mother and a business owner. Right. Yeah. So little things like that, Mm -hmm. that just help your customer that Mm -hmm. extra bit. They're not necessarily necessary. Yeah. But they make a big difference. Yeah, for sure. Going back to like 10 X freelancer, the like Slack community, like it's a course, like 10 X freelancer is a course that teaches you how to like have a business as opposed to like 
trying to sell yourself on Upwork or something, but the Slack community has connected me with like some really amazing copywriters. And like for our business, it's great because it's also connected us with some like really amazing junior copywriters that we can then like help um, mold and, or like help them with their businesses, but it's totally extra. It's not, it's not the course. Yeah. Right. 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 But it's maybe the thing that you use the most. It's definitely the thing that I use the most. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And you see that in weird ways, like Mm. this little calculator that helps you figure out what your rate should be. Yeah. And you end up using that little thing more than anything else. And it saves you tons of time and second guessing and all this, all these things. So there's a lot of ways you can get creative with mm-hmm. adding unexpected value. Oh yeah. Right. Like our templates too. I mean, right now it's like more of like an upsell, but we have like this crazy package of like everything you need for your funnel templates. Right. And like, I don't know, it's almost worth like buying grow with quizzes to be able to get access to being able to get those templates because they help so much. We're really selling your own. I'm not trying to, (laughs) Well, we are, but I think the reason for that is because it's your offer. And I keep adding to it and adding to Uh it and adding to it and adding to it. Cause the more gaps I see, the more I'm like, this could be better. It could be better. I need to change this. So that's like the part where it's not, it's not always easy. Sometimes you're like, ah, I'm going to focus on something else. Right. But this thing is still here. It can still help people and it can still be better. So why not make it better? Yeah. And I think it like speaks to like, and like rather than creating a new offer to solve those problems, you're like, I can put this into my offer because it's actually part of what, what I'm trying to sell. Like if you're trying to sell, like how to like the transformation of having a small audience turning it into a big audience and then getting that audience to convert just might need more things to it. And this makes me think of like when people think that like if they create a course is going to be passive income eventually. And as far as I can tell, it probably won't ever be entirely totally passive. passive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to save the next two layers. I like it for the workshop, but let's talk about optimizing yeah because there's a lot there too and there's some overlap with Mm -hmm. creating a new offer yeah but really the first thing I would say is getting a deep sense of all right people aren't buying Mm -hmm. why right what are the objections Mm -hmm. currently coming up that are stopping people from buying okay and then where do you find that out from like where do you find that out from well most easily a non-buyer survey. Mm -hmm. So you do your launch, you wrap it up, and then you send out an email that first and foremost, thanks everyone for sticking with you. Because usually during (laughs) a launch, you're going to be emailing a lot and this can be intense. So it's part thank you and part if you didn't end up buying and you're only going to send it to people who didn't buy. So, you know, you didn't buy. What reason mm-hmm. aside from money mm-hmm. stopped you from doing so? Right. Can you share some things that you read in your survey? I know well, it's I'm, not like I'm gonna try and pull it up. Maybe I can find some. Sure. But often it's time. Yeah. And then I don't think this will work for me. I don't know if it'll work for my industry. Right. My computer just died. Okay. I'm too much of a beginner. <laughs> My computer just died, so I can get at it. <laughs> uh, it's just not the right timing. That's a that's a big one. Mm-hmm. People will always say money, even if you tell them not to say money. <laughs> right. But I mean, that's a good point. Like, I mean, of course, you have to price your offer at what it is, like what you need to. Yeah. But is that pricing rooted in reality? Right. Not always. Yeah. And that could be a reason that people aren't buying. So knowing who your ideal customer is Mm -hmm. and where are they financially? Mm. Like we see a lot of high ticket offers in the online business space. Mm -hmm. And often that's because it's a business expense. Mm-hmm. And it's for people who are at a point in their revenue where 
they'll take all the expenses they can get. Like, and that's, that's fine. But that's because it's priced based on the audience. For someone who's selling natural deodorant to anyone who wears deodorant, right? that's a totally different pricing strategy. Yeah. So you have to look at, well, what are they currently spending on deodorant? How is mine better? How much does it cost for me to make it and deliver it? And now, well, what should I price it at? That's not the best example. I don't know if we've got any deodorant brands listening, <laughs> but, um, but it's kind of an obvious example because it's a product. So it's easy for a product for you to look at your cost to make it and then have a nice margin for something where essentially your cost to make it is just your time and energy as course creator, let's just say, mm-hmm. Then it's really like, okay, now what is the cost for them not doing anything? Right. What are their alternatives? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The switch, like what, what are they switching from and how can you actually like encourage them to purchase or like join whatever it is that you're offering? And a lot of the time, like what they're switching from is like, just not doing anything and not wanting to do anything. Right. Like literally switching from, feeling stuck to feeling momentum. And there is a big amount of energy that goes into that switch, like into anything, especially if you don't already have momentum. So I did, I was able to pull up some of those like non-buyer quiz results. And a lot of it was either, even though it says like, other than money, a lot of it is finances. And then a lot of it is people being like, mm. I'm already in so many courses yeah, right now. Yeah, right. I invested in, I'm in James, Wed- I'm up to my eyeballs in James Wedmore stuff. Like I promised myself I wouldn't do any more courses this year. So like, and there's really, you know, mostly nothing except for the investment. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. People are so swamped. Yeah. And then not feeling ready. So Yeah. Need more time to figure things out. Yeah. So fair enough. Right. And then you look at those objections and you do your very best to address them. Right. So if it's a time thing, then it's a positioning problem. Right. Because you're not speaking to how this will ultimately save you time Hmm. or how it's worth your time Mm -hmm. or where are you spending your time that's more valuable to you than this fill in the blanks. Yeah. So there are ways to address all of those objections pricing. I mean, there are ways to really get a sense of if your pricing is off Mm -hmm. for your audience, how can you make it more accessible? Sure. And it doesn't have to be to your detriment can even just be more extended payment plans. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's lots of things you can do there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Optimization. So really the objections is the biggest one. And then we talked about this a little bit in the beginning, but are you passionate about the offer? Like, are you fully on board with what you've created? Are you so confident that if someone does the work, they will experience a profound transformation? Those are important things to ask. Yeah. And then I, I want to bring it back to like the you part and like I know we were like, it's not about you. And it's not like, if something doesn't work, that doesn't mean you don't work. Like that doesn't mean like you're a failure. But I think like if you're hiding behind lead magnets and not like getting out there and using your voice or showing up so people actually get to know you, like you were saying earlier, so much of what we invest in really has to do with feeling in alignment with the real human being who is creating this offer and helping people transform in whatever way it is that they're helping them transform. So uh, yeah, and also differentiating themselves from the other people who are offering what you do. I like like sex coaches, right? You could have the really like in your face with a coconut um, <laughs> sex coaches, or you could have like that more like subtle and sophisticated kind of sex coach. And then you might have like a hilarious one, right? Yeah. And like, depending on who you are, 
you're going to relate differently to that sex coach or, or what have you. Right. And especially if you're teaching something as intimate as that, you really want to like resonate with whoever you're going to be hiring to help you through whatever it is that you're going through. So true. Yeah. And you could apply that any industry. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, and then, yeah, maybe all those sex coaches all have great offers. Yeah. And so now the determining factor is, well, who do I like better? Yeah. Whose style do I like? Whose voice do I like? Whose, Mm -hmm. whose values do I align with? Whose branding do I dig? All of that comes into play. And so this is part of where that idea that business is a massive act of personal development. And I mean, I'm so there like in it just, Mm -hmm. whoa, okay. Where do I hold back when I shouldn't? Right. When it comes to sharing my opinion or values and am I doing that? Why am I doing that? Out of fear of like being trolled and someone not agreeing or someone not liking me. Yeah. And that's where that inner work comes in because you're not going to be comfortable with being polarizing or inspiring emotions that are on either side of the spectrum and not just a neutral, like, oh, great. Another stock image on social media with a famous quote. Cool. That's not going to get you traction. That's Mm -hmm. not going to get people like committing to working with you. Like there's an energetic exchange Mm -hmm. that needs to happen. Someone's going to like put their trust and their time and their money and their energy into working with you. Then I think that they want reflected back to them that you're putting just as much. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's where I think it's still totally true that even in a saturated market, your people are out there and they need what you have to offer. Even if, you know, the real guts of your course or whatever it is that you're offering are really similar to like five other people or, you know, 500 other people. It doesn't matter if you're comfortable putting yourself out there being a human being in the world, not afraid of being polarizing because when you push people away, you're also bringing them to you. And then having that reflected in that 20% piece, which is like your copy, right? And, you know, the launch challenge that you do or whatever the thing is, is like, you don't have to be totally comfortable in yourself, but you have to be comfortable enough in yourself to show up as yourself so that you can be the differentiating factor. Because I think like Pep from CXL talks about this, but like, I think they just launched like a a branding course or something, but he was talking a lot about like how everyone is offering the same thing. Like there are so many different courses out there that are so similar or like toothbrushes or like even natural deodorants. So what sets you apart are the things that you're willing to like claim. Yeah. Uh, Not like claim like wins that people will get. I mean, like claim as in like own Mm -hmm. and owning yourself, I think. And we'll probably keep coming back to this because that's like what, yeah. like being the sun, like actually yeah. shining. Right. Listen yeah. to episode two if you don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And this is obvious when it comes to personal brands, yeah. but it has an effect with big brands too. Yeah. So like in and out Burger, sure. for example, yeah, they took a stand in San Francisco with these mandates and they got shut down. Right. And like, guess who's going to in and out Burger now? Everyone. <laughs> a whole lot of people who align with that. Yeah. And those set of values. Yeah. Are there a million other burger places? Yes. Mm-hmm. But are the people whose values resonate with what they just did going to choose in and out Burger every time? 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... We're going to dig into optimizing offers more in the workshop and lots of other fun stuff. 
as always, we have a feedback survey where you can tell us how you feel about us, if you are polarized against us or for us, and also let us know what you want. And I checked and we only got two back so far, and we've had a lot of downloads to, in my opinion, considering how new we are. And you know what? I know both of the people, not personally. Well, kind of personally. Hi, Brittany. Thank you. <laughs> and hi, Linda. Um, so if there is something that you want us to speak about, please, it's shantizak.com forward slash feedback. Uh, eventually, it'll probably be our podcast page, but we are creating that still. <laughs> so do let us know what you want. And I don't know. Have a beautiful day, I guess. Yeah, thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. This is fun to talk about. And yeah. I'm sure the conversation will continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm excited to lead anyone who joins us in the workshop in some breathwork and creativity journaling exercises so we can get all woo up in here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to drop the link one more time. The okay. link that I totally made up. Yeah. Shandyzack.com forward slash offer workshop. Get in on it. I hope to see you there. We're going to do some actual workshopping mm-hmm. in addition to breathing in yeah. addition to learning. Love it. And it's going to be tons of fun. Oh yeah, it is. Oh, and one last thing is if you like what we're doing, you should give us a five-star rating and also maybe leave us a review because I hear that's like how you get prioritized in the algorithms. So thank you so much. And um, we could keep talking, but we're not going to. So bye. Bye. Well, look at you listening to the very end. We are so deeply grateful for you and borderline obsessed with hearing what resonated most and how you're taking the seeds planted in these conversations and sowing them in your life and business. It would mean more than you know if you would share this episode with a friend or subscribe, rate, leave us a review on your favorite podcast player your reviews tell the algos behind the apps that we are worth pressing play on. So please, if you're feeling generous, take two minutes to share the love. And if you are curious around what your unique advantage is in this wild and wacky online world, take the unfair advantage quiz at shantyzack.com forward slash UA quiz. And thank you again, sunshine. Go light up the world and we'll see you next time.